Voice of St. Louis original podcast. It's all you need to know from across the St. Louis region. Welcome into the STL All Local Podcast from KMOX. Our top local story on this Tuesday, April 18th, the judge in the Kim Gardner removal case questions whether incompetence is the same as intentional willful neglect. If I look at these allegations and I feel like, well, ultimately you're really just alleging, you know, negligence on, beha- on the part of the you know, circuit attorney, that I don't think you're suggesting that that would be enough to get us to even a, you know, a trial here. That if, 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 it, if it's genuinely negligence, if it's just she's not doing a good job, There has to be more than that. You'll agree with that. I do. Happening now, attorneys are wrangling over discovery and evidence. Let's take you live outside of the courthouse right now in KMOX's Kevin Colleen. Kevin? Michael, it's been a long day. Uh, It was an interesting cut you just played about neglect. Uh, Kim Gardner was sitting in the front row with a face mask on, a COVID mask, uh, as about five of her attorneys were arguing for her. This whole thing, this whole mess that she's in, is at the stage where it might not happen. She's hoping it can go away through a motion to dismiss, and that's what the judge was talking about when he talked about, is it enough that she's just incompetent? Don't you have to prove willful negligence under this quo warranto law that they're trying to toss her out on? And uh, to that, the attorney general's uh, people say, their lawyers say, when you repeat a process over and over again that isn't working, that is willful neglect. And the uh, attorney general, excuse me, uh, Kim Gardner left, the circuit attorney left the courtroom halfway through the proceeding, and for the back half of the afternoon through the long ticking hours, they've been going over what evidence her side wants to turn over. She doesn't want to hand over any documents about the inner workings of her office, the the number of cases dropped, her salary, her timesheet. They're arguing line by line over what uh, she wants to have to submit as evidence, and this could go on into tomorrow. At the courthouse, Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. A group of St. Louis County mayors are proposing a solution to the circuit attorney controversy. Mayors of Brentwood, Bridgeton, Wildwood, and Manchester have asked state lawmakers to combine the circuit attorney's offices in the county with the city to create one regional prosecutor. Their argument is crime is a regional problem with regional consequences, so it should have a regional solution. As of yet, no lawmaker has agreed to carry their proposal. On the topic of crime prevention in the year ahead, St. Louis City Board President Megan Green is pointing the finger at state legislators over the amount of guns in the city. I mean, when it comes to getting guns off our street, unfortunately, our hands are tied by the Republicans in Jefferson City who have prohibited us from putting in place any local restrictions on guns. Green does say the city has the power to address the root causes of crime. She says that means enacting new initiatives that build upon what cure violence is already doing. We have a follow-up on some tornado warning sirens not sounding during Saturday's storms. CamelX received several complaints from listeners that the sirens did not go off in at least two neighborhoods, Bevo and St. Louis Hills, and that they have not sounded during the monthly test. We took those complaints to the City Emergency Management Commissioner, Sarah Russell. system is very old. There are issues with the system. We try to keep track of those as best we can, but it's an old siren system. It is over 22 years old, and the manufacturer says that a typical lifespan is 15 years. Russell says knowing that in the past 
past four years, they have introduced Notify STL, which sends alerts via cell, landline, and email. Russell adds, there is no budget, though, to make annual repairs on the tornado sirens. Parts are difficult to find because of the age, and there is no regular maintenance. Maria Kina, KMOX News. The National Weather Service now reports a total of 12 tornadoes produced by the storms on Saturday, rated EFU or unknown, did not produce known damage, and video evidence was used to identify them. The new tornadoes discovered in Fenton, Hillsboro, Columbia, Illinois, and Covington. Inform your decision. Election news. There's a new poll in the race for Missouri governor. Remington Research Group finds Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft favored by 29%, 16 points ahead of Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. State Senator Bill Eigel, who is still exploring a run, came in third with just 4%. With the election still a year and a half away, 54% of registered voters say they are undecided. It seems St. Louis Congresswoman Cori Bush is still paying her husband to provide personal security. The Post-Dispatch reports a Federal Elections Commission filing shows Courtney Merritt's is being paid $2,500 a month by the congresswoman's re-election campaign. The couple met while Merritts was providing Bush with security, and they married about Valentine's Day. The KMOX business desk gets another win for the new St. Louis soccer stadium. It's the biggest soccer event in this part of the world. The regional soccer governing body, CONCACAF, announced a pair of Gold Cup matches will be played at City Park on Wednesday, June 28th. Jamaica and Nicaragua will play at 6.30 p.m., followed by the United States against a preliminary round winner at 8.30. Tickets go on sale to the general public next Tuesday at 10 a.m. The Gold Cup is a biennial competition for the nations of North and Central America and the Caribbean. As you heard from Fox Sports there, the U.S. beat Mexico in the 2021 final. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Now, KMOX Virtual Consumer Editor, Megan Lynch. When your student logs on to their Chromebook at school, they're not alone. It's highly likely that someone or something is monitoring their activity. How much is being watched depends on the school district. Now, part two of our series, S is for Surveillance. Instruction used to take place on a chalkboard. Then came iPads and Chromebooks. In many districts, textbooks are being phased out, and these devices are now necessities. We typically have a discussion with them at the handout that, hey, you know, these are, these are the basic rules, and don't forget, we can see what you're doing. Pretty much every student in the Rockwood School District gets a school-assigned device, either a tablet or Chromebook. Rockwood Chief Information Officer Deborah Kettering. We're giving them the opportunity to act in accordance with our policies and procedures until they don't. Whether it's a district-owned or a personal device, there's no expectation of privacy if you're using the district network. When a user is on our network, Yes, we have the right to restrict access to protect our environment. It's really to protect our environment. Kettering cites the Children's Internet Protection Act, telling KMOX the district is responsible for monitoring and preventing student access to obscene or harmful online content. Rockwood uses a content blocker. It's based on a long list of categories. You can find a link to What's Off Limits at KMOX.com. The filters vary by grade level, but some of the taboo categories include adult content, anything related to alcohol, drugs, botnets, chat rooms, dating sites, gambling, and terrorism. 
At Rockwood, the content blocker is where continual monitoring stops. We will investigate if someone brings a concern to us, but we're not actively monitoring for those keywords. Keywords. What Kettering is referring to is technology that scans all student online activity, chats, emails, word programs, web searches. It then flags keywords that in turn triggers alerts to school officials, sometimes even law enforcement. There's also been a lot of discussion in legal circles and other circles about the ethics and and legality of some of the monitoring. We haven't gone there. Plenty of other school districts in our region have. That's reading everything that's on a student's screen. Computer monitors behind him on his desk. Parkway School District Chief Information Officer Jason Rooks describes what he calls wellness monitoring. It's constantly reading that text that's on the screen and trying to assess Um, Is this student accessing something that they shouldn't? Is this student researching topics related to self-harm or harming others or bullying? Parkway uses a platform called LineWise, a product that sells itself as protecting every child's digital journey. He admits it's not always perfect, but Rooks tells KMOX the technology has gotten better compared to the first systems Parkway used. It used to be literally a list of words. That led to a lot of false alarms. It was a student researching something associated with the Civil War, and it would generate an alert because there were guns, obviously guns and death and violence involved in the Civil War. Rooks tells us artificial intelligence has helped with context. What was the student doing immediately before this word triggered? And what was the student doing immediately after? And is that word associated with a known reputable educational site or resource versus a student that is searching Google for how to obtain a gun or how to use a gun. That will actually trigger a higher level alert and garner more attention than a student doing research related to an assignment. For the most serious alerts, a human being has the final call. If there's imminent danger, school officials start a call chain to ensure a student is safe. I view that as the approach Parkway has taken is not, we're out to get anybody. We want to ensure that our students are leading safe and healthy lives, considering a great portion of their lives are, are now, is now being spent on online resources and in the internet. That's, that's where we've had to kind of move our focus to because that's where our students are at. Critics say the technology has backfired. While the stated purpose is to keep students safe, our research shows that it's actually far more common to be used for disciplinary purposes. They say bookmarking students' online transgressions teaches the wrong lesson. I'll explore that tomorrow when our series, S is for Surveillance, continues. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe and get all the latest local news on demand on the Odyssey app. And have a good night.